You're listening to the Awkward High Five Podcast. You can follow along in your book. You'll know it's time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. And now, the Awkward High Five Podcast presents RTGs, Things I Hate. I'm RTG, and this is what I fucking hate. You want to know what I hate? I fucking hate dudes who call chicks mom. That's your mom, your mommy. So the chick with the G-string up the crack of her ass sucking on a blow pop is your mom? <laughs> your mom is wearing 1950s grandmama underwear and sucking on a Werther's original with a mustache. Ma, I would never call a girl I'm trying to fuck the same name as the woman who used to wipe my ass. Dudes who call chicks ma, you're who I fucking hate. Bastard in the world on the show. Everybody loves your hate. I well, hate a lot of shit. Whoa, these headphones sound weird. Yeah. Does this does it sound tinny to you? I hear nothing. You don't hear it at all? I hear you, but it's like like someone's waterboarding me or something. <laughs> you know what being waterboarded is like? Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh welcome to the Awkward High Five Podcast. My name is Devin. And I'm Richie. We're having some Technical uh, difficulties, so uh, bear with us. Well, I guess we're cool. We're recording, so everything's yeah. coming out all right. I'm having some physiological difficulties. You're having some, yeah. You're having some uh, biological, some psychological, psychological, some fucking physiological, some socioeconomical. Some <laughs> you're having a lot of problems, my friend. That's it. Would you like to? Well, first, I would like to say, uh, um, I-, I hope you enjoyed our opening segment, which is. Uh, we're, we're experimenting here at A High Five on um, on new things to do at the beginning of the show, and since since RTG's hate list uh, is always such a big pop, every, I always I always hear so many things whenever you do your hate list that, that people like it. We decided to to take that and to and to make it a weekly thing, so uh, that'll open the show every once in a yeah. while. So we'll see what happens. A little appetit um, yes. of hate. So, because you do, I mean, just for just so people don't don't know, don't think that this is an act of any kind. No, I really do hate this. You, shit. you do show up hating things a lot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so yeah, so yeah. So, so we that- figured we're gonna take that energy, we're gonna funnel it into some a little bit of comedic talent, I mm-hmm. guess, and then try to make a thing out of it. So, and I think today the hate started as soon as I jumped in your car. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I was. Like, you know what I hate? I hate Blink One Eighty Two. Oh right, yes. Yeah. You did come in hating on Blink. Hating on Blink. But you said that the reason that you were hating on Blink is somehow you you ended up just watching live Blink concerts. Yeah. Now you had mentioned waterboarding before, and I mean I, that watch voluntarily watching live Blink One Eighty Two concerts to me would be like voluntarily signing up to be waterboarded. I don't know why anybody in the world would do that. Well, I, I watched it knowing that I was in for some bad shit. Right. You know, like I, it all started with, it started with the Misfits. This is where my search, this is, this is my search thread, if uh-huh. you will. Started with the Misfits, 
hybrid moments. And then it went on oh, to the one of the greatest songs ever written. Right. Then it went on to me finding out that Green Day covers hybrid moments. Of course. And they do it really fucking good. Really? And really fucking good. I don't know if I'd want to listen to it still. Really, really good. Really, really good. Okay. Then I go on to find out that Blink-182 covers hybrid moments. So oh. I'm like, let's see how bad this is. And it is bad as you could imagine. It's Trav- I'm surprised that the Blink-182 guys even know hybrid moments. Like, the, the, I would figure that they're... It's a poser thing. They're so poser that they would yeah. probably just know, like, fucking uh, Last Caress or something like that. You know yeah. What I mean? Well, you, you know, they pan to the fans and they have no clue what the song is, you know. But it's just what you would expect. It's fucking Travis flying through these... I gotta start with Travis, of course, because I hate him. So I... <laughs> Flying. But he's the only good thing. If you had to pick one good thing about Blink-182, he's the only good thing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I guess y- you would say Travis, but any drummer knows that that motherfucker just does not believe in the word time. Maybe if he's playing by himself, but he's not a he's not a band member. He's a solo artist. Right. He's not a band member. Maybe it's his band. You know, you made that point before, and it makes a lot of sense. But he he just cannot be in a group he just flies off he just wants everyone to watch him be the fastest drummer that's ever existed the fastest bestest exactly yeah um and then you know the bassist like you said sucks just pinging along and then that dude with the worst voice ever but it was just <laughs> fucking terrible it's it's hard Hate man him. and people love people fucking love them it is it is one band that i will never get and i told you a story on the way over here um about how you know what this fucking headphones bother me so much i'm gonna do that cool in the studio rap guy yeah, thing yeah. Where I one on one off turn out my snare um but I, we were talking about uh on the way over here how we went and saw them one night uh by mistake and it was it was it, well not by mistake but we went to go see another band we went to go see all uh-huh. which if anybody out there i'm sure people know who all is but you probably know their other band bet better which is the descendants descend mm. all is the descendants without milo basically i, I kind of like all I mean, I love The Descendants, so... Which one is, uh, I'm the one? That's, That's Descendants. Descendants. Yeah, 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 yeah. Descendants is better. Now, yeah. all, you know, all, I like all, but they were definitely the second band, you know? Okay. Um, and, and, they, when, and that was, we went to go see them when uh, they had Pummel out, and their big uh, their big thing was, um, everybody says they want a million bucks. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I'd yeah. rather have a million oh, days that's with all, you. Right? Yeah, that's all. Okay, so they were a little bit more on, like, the bubblegum side. Yeah, yeah. Well, Descendants always worked, yeah, too. They were, yeah, yeah. But, um, but uh, so we went to go see all at which people who live in new jersey will now know as starland ballroom but this was before it was starland ballroom it was actually a nightclub called hunkabunka and i guess it was when they were making the transition and they decided to kind of start putting shows on there so it would be normally it would be like a dance club and a rave and, and whatever and then some nights they would, they would put on shows it's night once really yeah okay that's just a whole different story yeah. but anyway we went to go see all and all was uh was second there was like three or four bands i think frenzel rom played that night remember really? that german the fat german rack band, band? Really? yeah and then and then all and then after that was over like i was like let's get the fuck out of here and go find a place to drink but everyone's like, no, let's stick around for this last band. And the last band was Blink-182. And this was, I mean, I think Blink-182 was popular from the second they started playing. But this was before the, you know, the, the music videos and them really blowing up and like becoming huge, obviously. Because yeah. they were playing at Hunkabunkas in front of like 300 people. And I remember them going on stage and and me then thinking, how is this band even playing, headlining this show? They were so bad. They were like a high school coffee house open mic band you know and Mm -hmm. i and and then and then from then on every time that i've seen them get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger 
you know they've been just as bad yeah and but i always had the same reaction it was just on a bigger scale it was like how are they playing honka bunkas how are they playing the warp tour how are they playing giant stadium at green day how are you know (laughs) what i mean like how is this happening i know but you know what it is like i think i said it in the car is if you get teenage girls to like you Right. It doesn't matter how your because music is. Especially at the concerts, it's like not only are you selling tickets to these kids, but their parents have to buy tickets too because they have to take them. Yeah, so it's sure. Like there's, it's like a G movie. It's like a G movie will always be the blockbuster because not only are you selling tickets to the kids who want to see it, the parents have to go because they got to take them. Right. So you're just selling double the tickets. Right. You know? But even, even like teenage, even like 16 to 18 year old girls who are going on their own, it's just right. like if you get that fucking fan base, like if girls. Because they think, don't know any better. If they think you're cute, if they think yeah. you're kind of badass, if they think you're kind of funny, which is what, how Blink 182 marketed themselves. Right. With the beach videos. Yeah. And right. Naked. And like shit. they were, they were all attractive enough. Yeah. And uh, besides Travis, but that's the one they love. Oh, really? Yeah. He, uh, I thought he's like the heartthrob. Oh, really? Yeah. Because of the tattoo. And everything. I guess, I guess. Um, yeah, and then and then they put out the silly videos like, "Oh, mm-hmm. look at us, we're running around in our underwear." Like and the shit. boy band shit. Yeah, yeah, and everybody just hated the fuck up, but nobody stopped to to realize how horrible. The, and and I'm not a hater. I'm you're never gonna hear a dev. I fucking hate him. A dev's hate opening thing. But I can't. I just. I, I've never gotten it. I never will. I think the only one's neck I wouldn't break would be. I would want to sit down with Mark Hoppus, <laughs> even though he's a shitty bassist. I feel like I'd get along with him. But the that singer, I'll break his neck. Travis, I'll break. His neck. Well, yeah, I think that I'll break his fingers. I think that other dude. I don't even know his name. Uh, Which one? Mark Hoppus is the bass player, right? And then the other guy, uh, who Tom. Na- who now is is Tom. is is Matt Skiba from uh <laughs> right. from Tom Alkaline Tree. Oh, Tom DeLong, yeah. right? He went on. To make a worse band, yeah, the Angels and yeah. Airwaves, mm-hmm. which is like even worse. Like mm-hmm. how could like that was that was like that was like we want to take the, all the shittiness of Blink One Eighty Two and then factor in all the real shittiness of Thirty Seconds to Mars. Exactly, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it was. Exactly what it was. And it was and 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 don't think for a second there was any artisticness going into that. That was a straight up marketing plan. He was like, "What music is popular on the radio right now? We're gonna write music like that." Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I hate that dude. He's he could get the first fucking neck slap. I hate him. <laughs> well, they're moving on without him. Yeah, it's uh, and Matt Skiba could actually sing. Yeah, so. I like Alkaline Trio. Yeah, he you can know? sing. So it's it's an interesting thing. Uh, hopefully, Travis doesn't race into the night with his drum beats, and he actually decides to be in a band. Okay, we just spent way too much time on a band on that blink. we found. We do right. not. But like. you know, when you talked about that hunk of bunga show, I thought about something in my head and laughed how me and our old bassist and Lint, we were trying to smoke weed at that show. So we were like, let's let's go to the. We're like fucking seventeen, you know. So we're like, let's go to the bathroom. We had a joint, you know, and uh, we were like, let's go into the stall. And every hit we take, <laughs> we'll flush the toilet <laughs> and try to blow smoke down into the <laughs> yeah. toilet. And the yeah, toilet. I mean, I, I think I've done that smoking cigarettes and 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 like bathroom at school. And yeah, shit. it's such like a fucking myth. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it doesn't work. But it was really cool because there was like six New Brunswick skinheads in the bathroom at the time, and they loved our band for some unknown reason. They loved Lint, you know. So they which, were like, by the way, for anybody listening, it was our high school punk rock yeah. band. So they loved them. these giant skinheads. Loved our shit. So they were like, "All right, you guys can smoke weed in the bathroom." We're they formed a fucking like force field around our stall and just folded their arms and let us smoke pot, even though they were probably straight edge. And just waited for us to finish, and then let us add the stall. It was fucking awesome, like just to make sure no one would come in and fuck with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Like, what were these these eighteen year old fucking skinheads going to do if the actual bouncers from Hunka Punka came in? Like, <laughs> well, that, they seem huge to me. Thou shall not pass. <laughs> they seem like pretty big bald dudes. Oi, oi, oi. Yeah, big boots. Well, that's nice. That's nice that yeah. you got a. Uh, 
You know, it's it's weird. We always get along. You know what? I was talking about this the other night. I was hanging out um, on Saturday night with a couple friends. And uh, one of my friends is married to a girl that we went to high school with that we weren't really close friends with in high school, right? Okay. And um and and I and she's and through her being married to my friend, uh she's become She's married to your friend or our friend? Well, our friend, more my friend, I'd I'd say okay. as far as as life goes, but yeah. but um she's a uh and 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 so we get to, we I see her from time to time and and I love her, she's great. She I consider her a friend now. We just weren't like in the same group and everything in, in high school, you know, she was more, she was more of a, a sports girl and uh, and stuff like that and everything. And then and then you know whatever she ended up marrying a friend of mine. <clears throat> um, and uh, so we were talking about like school, and we were talking about the whole like punks versus jocks thing yeah. and all that shit yeah. because she was like, we were just we I, were, I ate that shit up, but we were but, but I said me and you. Well, I guess you did get in a couple fights. I did, I did. But, but I, I guess I, I'm. What I was saying to her was like, I was never a part of that. I got along with everybody, you yeah. know. Like there were some people. That, like, I got along with everybody, but I would defend because I, I got into fights for defending people. Oh, really? I, I got into a fight for defending. I'm not going to say names, but two like two dudes that we hung out with that are actually smaller than me. If Joey you and Dan. Fucking believe that? No, no. Oh, okay. no. Two, both wrong. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You want to tell you? <laughs> you can say their first names. Oh, Adrian and Eddie. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, got right. two, I got into two fights just because people were picking on them, and I was like, right. some kind of fucking meathead. Like, yeah. yeah. That's, you know, it didn't escalate into anything. Cause. Yeah, but I, but I, the way, I, the reason I brought that up is because I was saying that I was like, yeah, when I, when I was, I'm sure there was people that didn't like me because I had like a, a giant green mohawk and fucking, and people would say shit. Yeah, but, but, but we would, but I never, like, I never got into any fights with anybody. I think my thing was I always was, you know, I always was trying to make people laugh and just blah, 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 you know, so like, like I was able to kind of go in and out of the crowds and it, there was never like a big deal. All Plus, the- your name's Devin, and people like to just say the name Devin. <laughs> What's up, Devin? Yeah, hey Devin, is that Devin over there? What up, Devin? But um, but then there were some of us that were like like the instigators and the fighters. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I, and I specifically, you know who we're talking about. I specifically brought up this one time where like we all the and I'm throwing up the air, fucking shrimps here. Yep. Punks yeah. got called with an da- X. Got Paul called down. Yes, that was. Fu- I knew you were going to say this we is get fucking great. We get called down to the fucking principal's office, right? So we're we're like sixteen, seventeen years old. Like that alone was embarrassing enough to me because I, at that point I was like, I'm a man. You're calling me down to an office, like you know, like and I have authority. We both have authority fucking problems. Yeah. We've had it, and life. we knew what was going down when they said the names over the loudspeaker. Yeah, they, they called us out one by one. It was yeah. like Rich Giordano. <laughs> Devin Ferry, Mark, blah blah blah. You know, like yeah. you know, Chris, and, and he kept going. And uh, we're at, we're now we're all sitting at, at this big table in the principal's office, and the principal is now. What was the whole point? It was there was like a big he's fight like, was going to go down. Yeah, he's like, like a like, big I, West Side Story. Exactly what he said. He's like, I don't brouhaha. want West Side Story happening at my school. Right, that's what happened. Which was ridiculous. And then I went on to say that they're all on steroids, so it's not us. <laughs> and then, and then, of course, there was people in there that wanted to, like, you know, make a point, and it was like, just shut up. So it was like, just shut up, so we could get out of this. Like, yeah. we're obviously whatever's going to happen is going to happen, whether we have this meeting or not. But anyway, my my whole thing of that was just, I remember thinking the whole time, like, I don't hate any of these people, you know, like, whatever, I don't give a fuck, you know, like, there's and- a couple I hated. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not going to lie. But, but the, uh, and then, uh, and what made me think of that is like, then when we, when we, a little bit later, or even around the same time when we were in the band scene, the band scene was always kind of segregated too, where it was like, like there was like stri- like straight edge kids and there was skinheads and there was like crust punks and there was this and that and like the, some of them didn't get along and and I think for us at least at, at least our band at the time like was the same thing we were able to just like in and out be right. friends with everybody get along with everybody well that know? was always the problem with our band too is that they never knew where to put us you know what i mean we would like open for fucking like metal bands and then we would open for like blink bands like no one knew where yeah they right were. no you're right about they that they didn't know what genre to put us the in music that. style yeah but but i don't know maybe i just spent my whole life uh avoiding conflict maybe i need to get out there and tuss it up a little bit before i turn 40 feels good man yeah feels good let me tell you I've been in fights. I mean, I've definitely been in fights, but most of my fights have been pre-adulthood. And and also with feels good to knuckle somebody. And man. also with like uh <laughs> with um uh with fucking friends for the most part. Like we were really fighting. Like it wasn't like horse playing or anything. Like we were really going at it and fighting, but eventually these are people that I was I was just hanging out with. So like there was no, you know, there was I don't think I've ever been in like a serious like fucking I hate this dude and I I've, I've held, held a grudge kind of thing. Mm. And before I started my uh mental uh reconditioning that I've been doing for about a year now, um I was I was feeling a lot of rage, like a lot of fucking rage and uh like you know, I'm a nice guy. I, I never really start any shit. I, no. I, I remember one time I was in. This was right before like my relationship fell apart, and I think it was because I knew that was going down, I, and I was hating myself for staying with that girl and all the whatever. I don't need to get in all those things, but there was like I, I had shit building in me, and I remember thinking for a little bit, like, man, I just want to punch somebody in the fucking face. Like I had so that good. feeling that all I wanted to do was just hook off on somebody's face. I haven't had that feeling in a very long time. I think I've the rage has subsided in me, but I was running. Um, I always ran the same route in my in my town in downtown Jersey City. I would run all the way down to the water, run across the water, and come back around, and then I would come up Grove Street, which is a which is a pretty popular hub. That's where the path is and everything, and it gets a little busy. And I was and I was walking across Grove Street. Now, granted, I was walking across Grove Street not at a crosswalk, but everybody does that. You know, it's not like some. It's it's like a city street. It's not something where, you know, it's it, there's more people on foot than there are in vehicles. There, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm walking, and this guy came out, and I have my headphones in. I'm listening to music. Like I, I didn't even really hear the outside uh, sounds and everything. And um, I guess I was walking across, and it's That's guy, dangerous. It, well, well, it, you know, but I I knew. Okay. Uh, thanks, mom. But uh, but uh, um, mommy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with a mustache. Uh, I fucking. I, I I guess I was walking across, and the guy wanted to go, and he was pissed. So he pulled up, and he rolled down his window, and it was like a middle aged guy, and his wife was in the car, and fucking um, and and I didn't even hear what he was saying. I just saw on his face that he was like trying to be tough, like he started yelling at me, and I guess all that rage just came out, and I just went, "Shut the." Fuck off! I, 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 I screamed. I screamed at him so hard and like put my hands in his car, like like I was gonna come in through his fucking window. And the guy freaked out and rolled up his window and took yeah. drove away. Oh, it's such a good feeling. It and 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 again, you know me. That is the most aggressive I think I've ever been in my life. <laughs> but it was so funny. It was like the guy was probably like, "Look at his fucking faggot running with his stupid shorts." Like I'm gonna show. I'm gonna be tough or whatever. And he rolled down and he didn't even get out like three words. And I guess just like the the way I attacked, he was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> 
<laughs> you know exactly what happened it did make me feel good though i'm not proud of it really because that makes me feel good when that shit happens yeah yeah it yeah. really does i mean it's not like i sit home and like look in the mirror and say you're the man or anything but it's like <laughs> you know there's some type of you know you know what actually i did that okay you know what now that i'm thinking about this i did that one that the same exact <laughs> no, I think about it, I'm psychopath. <laughs> that's what i'm talking about I'm fucking, we're getting close to doing this, this psychological evaluation <laughs> fucking know. episode and I'm getting nervous about it because I don't want to know how nuts I really am. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be, you're the maniac and I'm the perfectly fine person. Oh, yeah. Keep telling yourself that. That's what's going to, that's, I'm telling you, I'm telling you that's what it's going to be. Um, well, we'll, we'll see. That's coming. We're working I out. The, wait. I, I just know it's going to be. We're that. working out the logistics <laughs> as we speak. Um, but, uh, there was one other time, um, I was coming home, uh, I was taking New Jersey Transit to come back here to to come visit my family, and um, and and you know the train rolls up and then everybody's all anxious to get on, but you got to let the people off first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean that's just etiquette. And there's always people that don't do that, and I get it. And but what happened? It was just, I don't get it. It was because that train's not going anywhere. No, I know, no, but I'm saying, yeah, but you always kind of have to just, you just, if you, if you worry about shit like that and you let shit like that piss you off, then you're always going to be pissed off. Oh, okay. You see okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. you just have to let that go. You just have to be like, you're a fucking asshole, but let it go, you know? Uh, yeah, right, right. So I'm waiting to get on the train. The train pulls up to the station in, uh, in New York Penn Station. I'm waiting to get onto the train. And, uh, and there's, there's a couple people ahead of me and this one, and then what happens is, is, you know, people come off the train and, 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 and in this woman's defense, it seemed like everybody had stopped getting off the train, but sometimes there's like pockets, you know? So, so these people get off the train, this woman goes to step on the train. As soon as she goes to step on the train, this, again, this like middle-aged professor like guy comes trying to get off the train. So again, I have my fucking headphones in and again, I'm feeling the fucking rage. And this guy, instead of just... What are you listening to? Uh, I, I don't know. Who knows? Fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe it was like Poison the Well. No, it was probably like Neutral Milk Hotel. I was probably listening to something like fucking like nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know what I like. <laughs> but um, so anyway, let me get through this fucking story. It's boring enough already. Outside. So the guy, instead of instead of like fucking calling the chick a bitch and like and squeezing by or being like excuse me or something like that, he decides from what I hear in my thing and like from what I see and not really hear because I have my headphones on. He decides to start giving this girl a lecture about how she's supposed to let everybody off the train first. Oh, God. Now Just that that annoyed me more than the girl trying to get on the train when she shouldn't have. So at that point, I just screamed, shut the fuck up! As, <laughs> loud, as loud as I could. And again, the guy like looked at me and was like, oh! and then just stopped and got off the train and everybody went in. Right. Like That's my whole point. Like Sometimes people need to like learn. Like You need to you know, they don't, they haven't had the proper tools or the people in life to teach them right from wrong. So they just do what their fucking crazy ass brain tells them to do. And you got to be the one to step in and improve their life. <laughs> like the people who talk to the cashier. Like yeah, yeah. You, you got to be the one to be like, bro, this is so abnormal. Just move the fuck on. You right. Know? Well, the, the 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 crazy thing about that is that the girl was actually in the wrong, but the fact that the guy wanted to take all this time to correct her was what really annoyed me. And then yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So I actually jumped on the wrong person's side. Anyway, it's it's people that spend too much time talking. My aggression dissolved the situation, and everybody was able to get on their train and get home on New Jersey Transit. The worst fucking thing on the face of the earth. I follow. Uh, I think. A, I think it's a friend of ours that runs it. They follow us on Twitter. We follow them. It's called Fuck New Jersey Transit, and he just basically retweets. He. He. I guess he just sees whoever on Twitter is complaining about New Jersey Transit, 
and just retweet and retweets it. And you could literally sit there and read this shit all fucking day. It's like just not. And I and when I first came back here for the first few months, I was still working and I was taking New Jersey Transit into the train. I mean, into the city every day from here, like that hour of fucking ride. And man, let me tell you that it is hell on earth. It is horrible. And then um, and just to see all these people freaking out. And now apparently there's like a strike like they might strike in a few days. Really? Like, I don't even know how fucking how people that are commuting to the city from the suburbs or, or can even deal with it. I just can't do it. If I if I'm working in the city again, I'm fucking living in the city again. That's it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how people do that. I, I would go to the city once a month to go see somebody and just. I mean, I think we've heard about it before on the show. Right? That's what made that's what made me want to fucking kill ISIS. Oh yeah, right. It, well, it's you were driving fucking, in though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's frustrating in its own right. But but that that's you know I think that's worse, right? But but these people depend on this to get to work. Not only do they right. depend, I on... I had no time limit. I yeah, guess. not I was only trying to get to here, but do they have to do it five days a week? They also pay like it's it's something like almost five hundred bucks a month for a fucking pass. Yeah, a pass. You know, I, whatever. I'm 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 not sitting here to fucking try to uh fight that fight but anyway that's my story but um yeah you're feeling like shit huh yeah i'm not feeling good trying to uh kick the habit yep trying to, <laughs> trying to fight the monkey you know you got to shock the monkey <laughs> is that what that song was about it has to be what is it about fucking like war testing <laughs> <laughs> fucking air force testing <laughs> um <laughs> No, that's that movie. Yeah. Is that song from that movie? It has to be. Well, oh, I mean... I just screamed so loud that I just watched the fucking wave on the yes. thing just spike. Welcome to the world of eat. Uh, <laughs> um, is what... number Project X is the name of the movie. Yeah. With Matthew McConaughey and he's... Matthew McConaughey. Wasn't that Matthew McConaughey? Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he was training monkeys to fly to fly smoke simulators, right? Fly planes and smoke butts. Now, what I need to know... <laughs> Was the song "Shock the Monkey" in the movie Project X? You know, I don't, I can't tell you for sure, but for some reason, I remember us really liking that movie when we were young because of the monkeys. Yeah, because they're saying like they're saying apple and shit, and you're like, "Holy <laughs> fuck, think, that monkey just said apple!" I think that song comes in somewhere. I really do. Oh, I'm gonna have to watch the movie again. They literally shock a monkey in it. Yeah, I know, yeah, and I, I and in my mind, while they're shocking that monkey, they're playing the song. Don't you know you got to shock the monkey? <laughs> exactly. And then that poor monkey who could say apple dies, and then my life fell apart. That's not my monkey. My monkey doesn't fly planes and planes and smoke butts. That's for sure. Your monkey's on your back, exactly, on that hairy Italian back of yours, <laughs> just clinging on to the fucking the pubes that are on your back. <laughs> I feel for you, man. I really do. I mean, part yeah, you of know. part of me wants to part of me wants to say, "Well, you got yourself in this situation, right?" Like a that's what everybody says. But you, but but then you you show up here and you're sniffling and you're hunched over and you have to rev yourself up to do the show, like you know, like like a fourth wall be damned. Like you you on the show right now, your 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 energy level is a thousand times what it was right before I hit record. Well, you know, I like I said to you before. I mean, that's my thing, man. I mean, I feel like shit. I want to die i hate myself and i want to die <laughs> <laughs> but you know this is my this is my safe haven yeah, you know yeah I mean? right no like okay. i still i still feel the, the the physical problems of it but you know that's 
I think that's the thing. Like if you just sit there and do absolutely nothing and keep your own, all you're thinking about is, holy shit, why can't I get high? Holy shit, why can't I get high? Then you're going to fucking suffer. Yeah. Right. If you occupy yourself, you know, and not like sit there fucking sniffling like a bitch, then, you know, you're going to not feel the withdrawals as much. Yeah, I get it. I think because like anybody knows that's been through it, it's fucking like 80% mental. Yeah. Because you just got to fight, fight your brain monkey. (laughs) Don't you know you got to fight the brain monkey? (laughs) Um. Holy shit, that was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> Get back. I can't just laugh for like an hour. Um, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. It sucks. But what I was saying to you before is that you gotta get. You have to go through it. You know? Like, you have, come on. Get, get back on mic. <laughs> or at least laugh in the mic so people know how funny I am. Holy shit. They hear it. <laughs> I can't breathe. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the th- <laughs> the thing is, is that you have to go through it. Like, you, like so, you know. Like I was saying this to you before, is that you know that like you're going to have to. And, and in your defense, like in your I- defense, you have been going through it. Like you, you have, uh, you know, you've been getting better. But but you you still fall back on the point where you're like I'm so sick I need to at least make myself not exactly. sick right exactly. exactly yeah but sooner or later and we're getting to be old men here I mean we're we're looking at middle age soon I know you know like y- that's something you don't want to go through as a forty year old dude well that's my problem you know what I mean like I didn't become a drug addict until I was like twenty nine yeah right eight you know what I mean like I like always fucked with drugs but like the really addictive drugs i didn't start till i was like 26 27 and i was always able to like tiptoe my way around addiction and then once like 28 29 came around i was like fuck it yeah no i get it like i like these things too much and then that you know that's what happened but you know that i would always say like i became an addict too late you know you get these kids that like become like dope heads at 21 and it's like you have your fucking whole life, you know. I mean, but I don't know what's better because when I was twenty one, we were at college, fucking touring and living the dream, and then I became an addict. <laughs> That's and, a dream. What? Well, oh, <laughs> it was a dream to me. I fucking <laughs> love that shit. You know. Right. But <clears throat> you know, would you want to be an addict then or now? You know. Well, I'm gonna say neither. But I guess if you right. But if you had it. But I, I on paper, I think you you'd probably want to uh, go through your your um your shit a little bit earlier and then straighten out. Right. But it's also on like what level? You know, like you've never done any r- real jail time. You know, thank God. I've not. I haven't ever done it. Yeah. Or yeah. Right. You know, where like a lot of people that get fucked up on drugs early in life end up doing some sort of bid or something well, like that's that. Because usually drug addicts don't work or have income and i've always been lucky enough to pay for an awesome lawyer who i fucking love more than anything but was this the same lawyer that was ripping you off what wasn't this the same lawyer that was ripping you off you complained about a lawyer ripping you off a few episodes ago he was charging you more than somebody else or something like that yeah he did that but uh, i mean he <laughs> but fought, that's okay he's still but he game. got me out of so much jail like I, right now i should have six or seven duis and i only have two yeah you that is true i i, I and the the years that mean you he probably knew what, how much money he could get out of me yeah the years that mean you were not really like uh were not really speaking uh, or whatever a lot of legal problem i would but i would always kind of hear either through people or some every once in a while when i did talk to you and i would hear the trouble that you get in and i'd be like oh 
fuck, Richie's fucked. Like, he's going away for this one. And then I talk to you and you'd be like, nope, $500 fine. <laughs> and I'd be like, how is that possible? Yeah, a lot of people say, like, I have, like, the best luck. But I have the worst luck. The only reason why I have the best luck is because I have this lo- had this lawyer and I paid the shit out of him. You know what I mean? And Yeah. You know? But, like, he knew what he was doing because I would always pay him cash. And he knew where that cash was coming from. It was no secret. And... He would just jack up the prices so much, and he wouldn't keep track of what I'd pay him. And I would just be like, yeah, we're paid, buddy. You know, but I would like sell him a thousand or some shit. Right, 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 right. No, I get but, it. Whatever. What is, I, want, I wanted to ask you this, because uh, I was thinking about this today. I was listening to, some, what the fuck that was, was my that? foot. Oh, well, I thought it was a brick coming through the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's back. Uh, I wanted to ask you. What is the craziest, like, because uh, I was listening to today about people trying to get drugs, like trying to score drugs or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about my experience, and I wasn't really like a, a drug buyer. Like, I, and, and number one, I didn't really do a lot of hard drugs, and then number two, I, I, if I did, I wasn't the one that really bought them or anything like that, you know what I'm saying? And um, so I was wanted to ask you, like, what's the craziest experience that you've ever gone through trying to procure because i know you've gotten in some shitty situations yeah yeah for sure i mean there's two that come straight to mind really there's one that stands out more than anything because there was a big a big thing about it a big uh investigation and whatnot close very close to murder and things like that murder yeah um and (laughs) it was funny because (laughs) murder it was funny because we weren't even going to buy drugs that night. We were like, you know, let's not even do it. Yeah, it's hilarious. We're good, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> funny to me. But this was, I mean, this was uh, it's like seven years ago at this point. Six, seven years ago. Okay. No, yeah, about six years ago. Okay. So, whatever. So I go to this guy's house. I was only doing pills at the time. So I go to this dude's apartment where I used to buy my pills. And uh, I'm in there. And I'm just about to get what I was there for. And three gentlemen of the uh, non-Caucasian persuasion okay. come in wielding guns and machetes. And machetes. Machetes, like treachery. I was going to say, is this guy rapping? Because that might have been naughty by nature. <laughs> did, it looked like Did naughty. one of the guys have T-Rex arms? <laughs> yes, the one that held to my throat. All right, that's, <laughs> that's Vin Rock, my friend. <laughs> So what you were dealing with was Tretch Reed and Vin Rock and... Um... Tretch Reed had the heater. Uh-huh. Vin Rock had the shetty. Okay. And I think KG was laying back with his feet up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. I just want to go on record and say that, that this wasn't actually Naughty by Nature. <laughs> yeah. Just so we don't get sued by the fucking Naughty camp. Right. So you got a break. Queen Latifah doesn't come over. Yeah. The wickedest man alive doesn't show up. Right. So, whatever. I'm there. It's about to go down, blah, blah, blah. Those, the, the, the gentlemen that look like Naughty come in, machetes, one dude has a heater. It was very, very scary. But the dude that I was there getting the shit from, he, uh, he thought it was a joke. He thought it was like his friends, like fucking with him. Uh-huh. So he was, you know, he said some name, like, oh, stop fucking around. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. You know, like, who expects to get rolled on like that in fucking, like, Matawan? You know so this I mean? is an apartment? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I think I know what apartments you're talking right about. Right across from that, uh, Carla's. From Carl. Yeah, right yeah. across the street from Carla's. Yeah. Right. Which is uh, my, my ex fiance's family home is right across the street from um, apartments, which I always, whenever I was over there, I'd always like see like the shadiest fucking people coming in and out of. Yeah. And I think she told me on multiple occasions that there was shit going down there. Yeah. Okay, so this is right there. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
these dudes come in. And I was probably upstairs banging Carla while that happened. Probably, definitely. So, no, I wasn't. <laughs> or eating the stuffed mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> so Vin If it was her dad's stuffed mushrooms, yes. If it was Carla's stuffed mushrooms, no. So Treachery starts hooking off on the dude who lived there. Dude who lived there starts hooking off on Treachery. They, like, knock the, ace, the air conditioner out the window. Meanwhile, Vin Rock comes up to me and fucking puts a machete up to my throat. And he's like, don't move. And I won't hurt you. Don't move. And I won't. Meanwhile, let me tell you, bro. Like, I, I'm, I, I'm not scared of a lot of things. I'm like, it takes a lot for me to get scared. This fuck, I was shaking like a leaf. Like, I was like, uh, I could not fucking move. They put him on the ground, hands like laced behind his head with a gun to his head. I got the machete to my throat. KG takes. So they put they they put the the drug dealer yeah. on the ground, made him put his hands behind his head like poli- like well, like police style, laying yes. on the ground, and then put a gun to the back of his head. Put a gun to the front of his head. To yeah. the front of his head. Yeah. And now you're being held by the other dude with a machete to your neck. To my throat. Yeah. Mm. And uh, this seems worth some pills. The roommate, um, KG, has got the roommate like wrapped up in like a chokehold. And the roommate is like, it was the dude. It was the dude. <laughs> He's like trying to like warn us. And his shirt was all ripped and shit. And they threw him on the ground. Now, are these guys, not that it really matters that much, but I just want to paint the scene. Are the people, the gentleman, the, the guy and the roommate that you're buying the narcotics from, are they uh, black gentlemen as well? No, they're white. Okay. Probably whiter than me. So it was three three big black dudes came in and accosted three small scared white people. Yeah. Okay. Well, one dude wasn't small, but yeah, whatever. You yeah, know, you know, when you're was... staring down the barrel yeah, right. of, of, of a nine, yeah, yeah. So they take all his shit, which I, I'm not going to say like what was drugs and what was cash, but let's just say it amounted to like fifty grand. Yeah. Took everything. Wow. Took and he's like, please leave me Suboxone until I'm not sick. Because he was an addict too. And they were like, fuck you, motherfucker. And I took his Suboxone and his Xanax and took, left him with fucking dust. Left him with tumbleweed. Took everything, you know? Holy shit. Yeah, took everything. And the roommate, which this is the funniest thing about it. The roommate it was like, uh, I got $1,000 in a fucking diamond necklace underneath my couch in the other room. And they were like thinking he was going to like, what, were they going to ask you to join the fucking the team you know and they were like a word and he just walked across the hallway and lifted up the couch and took his shit they, so he just gave up his he fucking shit gave for up no- his shit like they were gonna fucking you know wow. ask him to be part of the crew that's like when you get pulled over or whatever and the cops like how are you today and someone's like there's drugs in the car <laughs> yeah exactly i'm not gonna lie there's drugs in the car <laughs> and they're like okay your headlight was just out but now you're going to jail exactly <laughs> But um, so that that all happens, and then then they take us, they round us up, and they put us in the bathroom. And I, the whole time, like I'm thinking, like one dude's high as hell, one dude's just fucking panicking. So I'm trying to fucking think of something, you know what I mean? Because what I'm thinking is, after they run through this whole entire house and realize they took everything they possibly could, they're gonna open this bathroom door and shoot us all in the face. Yeah, right. I would be thinking the same. That's thing. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, you right. know what I mean? Just widely witnesses. You know? Yeah, right. Because they did end up getting caught because of me. Oh, really? Yeah, they took my cell phone, and I reported to the cops. They found my cell, nothing else except my cell phone in the dude's laundry bag with the masks with their fro hairs in it on the side of the parkway. So you had a cell phone back then, so you were doing better than you are now. (laughs) (laughs) You you were living a life. You had a functional cell phone back then. Wow. Yeah, but paid for by my boss. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm in this bathroom with these two fucking, like, D-Gens. And I'm trying to go out the window, but they have like those, it was the second floor, so they have like those stoppers on the window. Why were you trying to go out the window? Because I would have just jumped into the bush. 
and just got the fuck out. But w- the guys were gone already. Nope. Oh, still oh, running. Oh. They put us in the bathroom while they ran through everything else. Oh, I get it. Okay. They got what was in the safe, and they got what was underneath the couch, but they were going to look through the whole entire apartment and take whatever they fucking could. Oh, okay. So they were going to the whole bar- the apartment while they put us in the bathroom, and uh, I'm, like, trying to go out the window, but they have, like, these stoppers on the window, so, like, I'm thinking I would have got stuck in the window and shot in the ass like Winnie the Pooh style. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? <laughs> So <laughs> that's not happening. So my next idea is getting I, shot in the ass is better than getting shot in the head. True, or but the chest. I don't want to get shot or so the stomach. What I do is I take the back off the toilet bowl and I grab a can of Aquanet. So my plan is to spray the Aquanet and start smashing people with the back of the toilet bowl while these dudes are like, <sighs> like fucking panicking. I know I'm like, yo, just chill out and let's just you know fucking deal with this shit. Or do you want to just die? You know what I mean? Uh huh. So like I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and then I finally open the door and they just bounced. They just they put us in the bathroom and just left. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty fucking intense. It was so intense, bro. I felt like I was like, this is where I die in this fucking dirtbag's room buying drugs, like to a machete or, or a cheap ass gun. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like it's a shitty feeling, you know? And another thing I kept thinking was my girlfriend at the time wanted to come with me. She's like, can I come with you? Blah, blah, blah. Because she couldn't wait. She didn't want to wait for me to come back with the shit. You know oh, what I mean? Jesus. So she wanted to like, it's the second you got into the car. Right. And I was like, no, don't come. I'll just go. I'll come back. If she came and no, then they did something. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. I'd be dead. Yeah, right. I'd be dead because I, you know, what am I going to do? You know, let them do something, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what, what, that's, that's a tough question because what do you think that you would actually do in that situation? Like every guy, whatever I could have. Every, but every guy is going to say, like, yeah, of course, I'm going to, I'm going to try to defend my girl or whatever. But if there's three dudes that are bigger than you with a gun to your head, are, 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 is it worth losing your life over to stop them from doing something horrible to your woman? And look, I, I, I hope that I'm never in this situation. So I wouldn't have, and, and, and right here on paper, I'm saying that I would, you know, like, uh, try to fucking do something. However, if I was in that situation, who knows, you know, like, what are you going to do? Get yourself shot over something that's just going to happen anyway? Here's how I explain things like that. And it's hard for anyone that isn't in my situation to understand. But this is when I when I try to explain fear to other people the way how it is through my eyes. It's that I don't have a mother. I don't have a father. I barely have a family. You know what I mean? So I really have nothing to lose. You know, like obviously i don't really care about myself that much yeah so like you know of course i'm gonna try and defend somebody else or defend what i think is right or defend anything at all costs you know what i mean no matter what the what the um penalty is or whatever the whatever it brings back to me yeah you know because like what 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 am i gonna lose what would i lose besides you know walking around and seeing shit and wishing i had drugs you know what i mean (laughs) That's a pretty bleak outlook on life. It's bleak, but it's fucking real. You know what I mean? It's okay. fucking realistic. Yeah. You know, like really, who 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 am I disappointing? You know, like Right. That's pretty much how I how I look at like, you know, things that I do. Like if I'm if if it's something where you should be afraid to do it cuz pretty much after my mom died, I didn't I, I was never afraid of anything. Yeah. Pretty much no matter anything that happened to me, I really wouldn't give a shit. Right. You know, and I don't know if that has to do with maybe I thought a lot of what she thought of me or I just loved her so much that really I have nothing right now. You know what I mean? So like pretty much I just don't care. Yeah. You know, but do you still feel that way? 
Yeah. Well, then maybe that has to do with the reason that you still abuse drugs. Like maybe if you started fucking feeling better about yourself and having something to live for and and not caring like if you lived or died then you you would you would see yourself as as the funny fucking uh you know creative person that you are somebody who who entertains everybody on this podcast and and people like and want to hang out with yeah, but and this then is fucking like a vacation this is like a vacation but this still, isn't like real life to me doesn't you know this I mean? show you doesn't this show you some sort of potential that there's there might be something you know, like we started this show and I'm not just using this show, but we started this show like four months ago and it's done nothing but gotten better and better, got more listeners and more feedback and everything like that. And this is just like a tiny thing that we do. So doesn't this show you that, hey, maybe you could like like put your folk your focus somewhere else besides having the fucking shock the monkey? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <clears throat> but all this is happening while I'm shocking the monkey. No, I, right. But but what I'm what if unshocking the monkey makes this all go away? Oh, so what you're saying is you feel like you're not going to be able to perform on the podcast if you weren't uh, addicted to drugs? Because let me tell you something, and you've brought this up to me before, that you think that you you talking about your drug abuse and and try and and your struggles with it are are something that people latch onto onto this podcast. Yeah, like and, if I was ever clean and it all went away, would there be anything interesting about me? Yes, because it, and I've told you this before. Yes, this is an interesting part, and this is something that that the the avid listeners of this podcast want to hear about and are here for. However. They're all rooting for you. Nobody's out there being like, oh, man, I hope this dude stays fucked up forever so I can listen to this fucking podcast. People want you to get clean. You know, they want you to, to become a better person. And, and and if there's anybody out there that is rooting for it, then they're just horrible people. You know, like nobody wants to see you struggle. And that's not and, and, and you've you've dealt you've done this your whole life. If I could be honest, you've done this your whole life and you used to do it in bands, too, where you would you would always feel like you played better when you were fucked up when you were like even before the hard drugs like when you were drunk or stoned and and i always used to tell you as your as your lead singer as the guy who was standing in front of your drums as the guy that wrote songs with you from the day we were fucking 13 years old you never ever once played better when you were fucked up <laughs> than you did when you were sober and and i've told you that all the time but you would never believe me because you just use that as like a crutch you know you would just be like no no i i i i'm looser i play better when i'm drunk or i play better when i when i smoke weed and stuff like that and it and it doesn't it's not true and and you're not unique in that way i think especially with musicians and comedians and actors probably i don't know about the acting world and stuff like that there are a lot of people out there that feel that way because it makes it easier to confront whatever you know being being creative or or performing and stuff like that sometimes that's a painful experience you know like sometimes you have to summon up everything you have in your body in order to get onto that stage exactly what it is right exactly but like i feel like this isn't really me you know what i mean like yeah right i think it is because but but what i'm what i'm telling you and you've been high in here a couple times especially in some of the earlier episodes um, you were you were fucked up, and we did the episode anyway, and you were still you were still good and everything. But but you even said to me when you've listened back to those episodes, it made you cringe. Yeah, you know, and 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 the times that you've been in here sober, whether or not you've been struggling, you know, like with with being sick and and withdrawing or whatever is going on, those times, I'm I'm telling you that you've always been more entertaining on this show. You know, I always 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 think about something. Um. When I first got it, became addicted to the drugs, it was me, you, and uh, our friend Matt, and we were just playing music in his attic. Uh huh. And um, 
I just became addicted to drugs and I was so sick and we had band practice and I just was, I would have done anything, anything at that point because I was just like dying and I played anyway. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I came and played and he said, this is the best that we sounded yeah. in a long time. And I was struggling. I couldn't, I didn't, I wanted to stop halfway through a song because I couldn't even hold up. Drumsticks felt like a million pounds. You right. know what I mean? I wanted to die, but he was like, this is the best that we sounded. Yeah. And I was like, shit, is it because of fucking drugs? <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. It's like drugs just don't, the, the whole, the whole thing about, Oh, the the fucking Beatles were on acid when they wrote Sgt. Pepper's or or you know, uh Jimi Hendrix used to do all this shit, or the Stones were on on heroin, or Kirk Cobain was on heroin and all that stuff. Like, yeah, all that is true. And and maybe like maybe that kind of pointed the direction. Like maybe Sgt. Pepper's would have been a different album if they weren't exper- uh, experimenting with acid or something like that. But there's never been anybody in, in the world and people don't want to hear this because they they glorify it especially in music it happens in music all the time but they like glorify it but there's nobody ever in the world who is better on drugs at their craft than they were off of drugs it's just not you know like if you if like ask keith richards now if he's better now sober than he was when he was on dope he's gonna tell you he's better now sober it's just you just don't function as good you know yeah i, I totally agree i totally agree with that but you know I agree with that in a technical sense. In a creative sense, it may not make as much sense to me. Like, you said Kirk Cobain. Let's use that as an example. Let's do it's, that. It's the best example uh-huh. there is when it comes to heroin. Um, never mind. Amazing album. Put them on the map. Sold billions of fucking copies. And it's so clean cut and fucking boring. I hate that album. Yeah. That is my least favorite Nirvana album. It is also my least favorite Nirvana album. However, I'm not going to say I hate it. But I get what you're saying. It, it's it, my least favorite. I'm not going to hate a Nirvana album, but it's my least favorite Nirvana album. It's super polished. You know, it, it's 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 produced through the roof. That's what but it is. But you could tell us before he did Trucks. Um, I don't know about that, you know, because I do, but maybe before heroin or no, you know, I, I can't even say that I don't have the info for that, but they, you know, they, they've, they always, you know, they did acid and and smoked weed and did shit like that. It's not like they were like a straight edge band. I'm talking about heroin. I'm talking about heroin. But even that, I think you're glor. See, I think you're not glorifying it, but I think you're falling in too much into the thing where, so basically what you're trying to say is that, you know, never mind was before heroin and then in utero was the crazy product of heroin that's what i'm saying you can't you can't say that that's true i what are you saying i'm saying that kurt cobain would have wrote in utero anyway Mm -hmm. it you know like that's number one there's three people in that band so you know right 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 you know so it's not like he's elliot smith or something like some you know some dude with a guitar just fucking sitting and and also he like yes in utero was weird but but that was going that way anyway. You see what I'm saying? Like, listen to some of the su- stuff off Incesticide, some of that stuff which was recorded before Nevermind, and it's just as weird as shit on In Utero. It is. You're lying. No, I'm not. You're so lying. Come on. Sliver is just as weird as fucking Milk It. No, I'm not Sliver, but some of the later shit. Like what? Uh, I, don't, I can't remember the fucking... Blue? No, like, uh, <laughs> like Big Long Now or fucking... Um, or uh, aneurysm, or you know what I mean, which I believe aneurysm was recorded for Nevermind, you know yeah, shit well, like that, you yeah. know like that th- that was in him anyway. But that's how aneurysm isn't weird. Aneurysm is like another lithium. Okay. Anyway, we're getting way too into the Nirvana shit. No, you just don't want to face reality here. No, because you you have done this forever. 
What you've always brought, you've always drugged drug drugs into the equation when it came to music. Like I'm saying that people do and, and overemphasized it. I understand that there's, I understand that th- that does, obviously your, your mindset is going to influence different things. What I'm saying is that that wasn't, I don't think in utero was just a straight up heroin album, you know? It's, I'm not saying it's a straight up heroin album. It's not fucking Velvet Underground, or you know what I mean. It's the, the, that dude was going to write half of those songs at the very least, anyway. And also, how can you explain songs like All Apologies and Dumb and, and all the straightforward pop songs on that album? You know, those all, are heroin songs too. You think so? Yeah. Uh, okay. How are they heroin songs? They're like his death songs. They're like his suicide songs. Uh, no, not really. Dumb, dumb is a straight-up heroin song. Okay. See, I don't see it that way. Because you are you don't do heroin. So that's the key to unlocking the truth of Kurt Cobain is you actually have to sample the drug that he did? I don't know. But, I mean, come on, dumb. Think about it. Look, read the lyrics. Maybe he, just think, maybe he just thinks he's dumb. No, he's on drugs. Okay. He's on drugs and he hates it. Okay. All right. I, 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 we're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that Kirk Kobe never wrote any songs. I knew those songs were about drugs before I did the drugs. Yeah, I know. But that's what I'm saying. When you, we were children, you always did that. You always were like, uh, like, I remember one time I got so frustrated. And this has to do with Nirvana when they, the heart-shaped box video. So if anybody at home remembers the heart-shaped box video, they're all in the field. And it's the girl with the Ku Klux Klan thing. And well, when he's blowing out the smoke? But he's not blowing out smoke. He is so blowing no, out No, he's smoke. not. He's laying in... It's Kurt Cobain laying in a poppy fucking field. He's laying in a field of flowers, and there's flowers, and there's smoke. Poppies, there's things they make heroin out of. See, this is how you've been your whole life. What do you? What do you think the cover for Incesticide is? A fucking skinny skeleton holding a poppy plant. Dude, I, what I'm saying is, in that video, everything's he, about heroin. He's yeah. See, you've been like this forever, and I, and I disagree. That that scene in that video where he's lying in the field and there's there's a little bit of like mist smoke billowing over him was not him laying there blowing out smoke from a narcotic. It's just it didn't happen. Okay, you know what I mean. And we've argued about this forever. Okay, you're probably right. You always end up being right about those things. <laughs> this is my interpretation. Of shit. See, that's what I mean. Like, like I, you know, I, I'm a songwriter, uh, uh, and uh, it, it, not that that means anything, but but it does. But whatever, it doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is that, like, uh, like from the little bit of experience that I have from writing songs for 20 years or something like that, like it's it just you don't put that you just don't put that into it you know like it's not like oh i'm gonna like maybe some people do but for the most part it's not everything is just like a, a an offhand reference to drugs all the time you see what i'm saying i know that i know and not everything is an offhand reference to drugs but when you take someone who really that's their whole entire life because that pretty much was kirk Cobain's whole entire life yeah like, it's all it revolved around you right know what i mean like i've done a lot of research into the topic i know you you are a researcher I'll give i am you that. a researcher you know but like i don't it's not like i'm glorifying it i'm just like facing reality kind of like what i do is i justify my own faults with it okay this all is right? interesting so this is what i do all right and i know it's a real i mean we're gonna find this all out in a few weeks but pretty much what i do is I know what I'm doing is stupid. I know I have a problem with it. And then I take all these like positive things that have come from it, like music and art and whatever. And I just say like, if that happened because of that, maybe something can happen or like 
maybe this isn't such a bad thing for me or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. But you're proving my point there. And because it's not, but it's not necessarily glory. I don't think it's awesome. I think no, it's stupid. But, but even the fact that you think that the art comes from that and not the person and that that's not true. You see what I'm saying? Like, like that's the way, the, and everybody does it. And when I was younger, I felt that way too, so I understand. But people like are so inclined, like they feel like Jimi Hendrix wrote those songs because he was on acid. That's just not true. Jimi Hendrix, it was an amazing guitar player with. Uh, all, no, he wrote them because he was on heroin. No, no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. He, he just fucking he just wrote. <laughs> I know, I know. Like he, he was part of a trippy era, and 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 all that wraps into it. Like it all has to do with it. But those songs weren't pro- that. It wasn't like Jimi Hendrix fucking would have wrote a boring song then he dropped a couple tabs of acid and wrote fucking you know like uh purple rain or uh, purple rain <laughs> that's prince I'm sorry. <laughs> which by the way prince did write that on acid no no but uh or, or purple haze or something like that you know like like he would have wrote those songs anyway it, it, the person wrote those songs not the drugs and and that's the way everybody thinks you know like uh you know like like let's take jim morrison who i personally can't fucking stand you know, like that dude would have wrote that that fucking poetry and shit. It, like, it, yes, some of that stuff is like, oh, we dropped we ate peyote and, and hung out in the desert. And so I'm going to talk about the experience that I had and shit like that. But like the the drugs didn't make Jim Morrison the artist. Jim Morrison was an artist and then he expanded on drugs. You see what I'm saying? Like, I know exactly what you're saying. Right. Like, uh, I, for example, Hunter S. Thompson, the biggest drug addict that anybody's ever known in right. the, like, the history of the ninth or 20th century. Yeah. He used to fucking do as much drugs as he possibly could before midnight before he would start writing. Right. And he thought like that was like his fuel. You know? Yeah, yeah. But even he said that your mind is way better without drugs than it is with it. Of course. But he that was his ritual. No, I know. I know, know? yeah. Because I think that's what it is with drug addicts. It's not a matter of, you know, once you're on the drug, what happens from that point on? It's leading up to doing the drugs. It's a, it's a ritual. It's fucking like, you know, people who fucking burn incense before they fucking write a story. Or people who fucking, so it's, you know. So it's a matter like, of getting... Like your... when the dude from Misery would smoke a butt and fucking like drink some port wine before he wrote a Misery novel. Like, yeah. Well, it's like a fucking ritual, you know? Well, that is... I mean, writers, writers and alcohol have been together for since the beginning of time we're talking Hemingway and Bukowski and everybody I mean you know that but but that it's even that the guys that that survived it would tell you the same thing even though neither of them well Bukowski lived those 70s but 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 was an addict until he died but like uh but they'll tell you the same thing or it's like I thought that I was writing better on alcohol but I wish that I didn't you see like and again I think it all because like also and I don't want to sit here and say like I'm this I'm that I'm this I'm that because I'm one of these what's the saying like a jack of all trades master of none kind of thing yeah and i write too and uh and i consider myself a halfway decent writer and i could tell you that there's times when i when i have an idea inside of me and it's the same thing as writing songs um and writing comedy sometimes but like uh when uh, i have something inside of me and i just want it to come out and be on the page already but you have to go through the craft of actually getting it out and concentrating on it and everything like that like that's a painful experience so of course you're going to maybe look for something especially if you if you were at a doing it at an early age so you're probably going to be drinking anyway and then you write it like a novel or two that gets that gets popular of course you're going to sit there and think like okay that's the way my system works i get drunk and then i write and it's the same misconception that i'm saying everybody has you just have it about yourself 
yourself. You had it when you were playing drums. You thought that if you got drunk that you played drums better. I'm telling you as an outside observer and everybody else in the band and everybody else who's ever seen that band would tell you that you didn't. You know? Yeah, and it's the I same thing. I didn't. I, I could feel it. You know, Hemingway would have wrote those novels probably better, if that's possible, without the alcohol. You see what I'm saying? Like, yes, totally. You know, like that. That's uh, whatever. I mean, we're beating beating this point, but but that I, that's the way it is. But I feel like people, especially at a very young age, they they glorify that, so they feel like that's what you have to do, and then they grow up thinking like I'm in a band, so I got to get high, and then that's when shit you know goes downhill. Right. Because nothing breaks a a band, you know, quicker than fucking drugs. That's like the main thing that breaks up fucking bands. Right. That's what Claudio said with the drummer and the bassist. He's like, are we falling cliche? Are we falling victim to the biggest cliche in rock and roll? And didn't that drummer like break into a Dwayne Reed to try to steal? No, the bassist did. Oh, it was the bass player? The drummer, they, they, they were like partners in crime. Right. The drummer and the bassist. By the way, we're talking about the dudes from uh, Coed and Cambria. Yeah. So, but yeah, like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. It's a fucking rock cliche. <laughs> Break into a Dwayne Reed. <laughs> Was that what, what happened? Pretty much what happened. Like, he went to a fucking pharmacy, like, probably a Dwayne he Reed. He held him up. Yeah, he was like, give me all your oxys before I fucking blow this place up. And they gave him all the oxys and he jumps in a cab and went to the venue that they were playing at with all the oxys because he couldn't go on stage without it, you know? <sighs> what a fucking and idiot. The, and then the pharmacy called up the cab company and they're like, who was the dude that you just drove from the pharmacy? And they were like, uh, I don't know, basically from going to Cambridge. And they like showed up at the Avalon in Boston and were like, click. On stage? <laughs> I don't know about on stage, but they took his ass away. And then, um, and then uh, Claudia was like oh why i <laughs> exactly and they're like well he's a drug addict i don't fucking know anyway to wrap this all up is the the importance that you're putting on narcotics in your mind is is not really there i know and for any of you any of you artists and young artists out there um, who feel like don't do drugs you need to use drugs or alcohol to incru- improve your craft it just isn't true be a good artist without it. That's all. That's our Tuesday serious message. Anyway, um, before we fucking get out of here, I got to say, if you listen to the Awkward Hi-Fi podcast and you haven't gone on iTunes, well, if you don't subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on iTunes, even if you don't listen on iTunes, because we're on a whole bunch of other things, but it really helps us out subscribers-wise, and if you haven't left a written review, please do that, because uh, once we get to 100 written reviews, we're throwing a party and you're all invited. Um Otherwise, follow us on Twitter, AwkwardHI5, and email us and all that good stuff. And we'll be back here on Friday for you. All right? You cool? Yeah. All right. All right. We'll see you guys in a few short days. I'm not If I knew a breakup, man, I can't break you up and taste you again. With love, with breath, want to smoke you up. Even though my chest hurts, smoke you up. Get more pain, less, want to smoke you up. Thanks for listening to the Awkward High Five podcast. For more episodes, visit awkwardhighfive.com.